Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Taylor Siemens, owner of My Aesthetic Training. Also, she is an aesthetic nurse practitioner and runs the clinical and business operations for Vitalik Med Spa. Welcome, everybody. This is Alex Tiersch, and welcome back to Medical Spa Insider. Um, hopefully, you can't hear my dog that is snoring away next to me like a freaking tractor. I tried to get the 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 uh, the mic up on, but anyway, I, sorry, I digress. We have. Um, the lovely and talented Taylor Siemens on the AmSpa hotline. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, Taylor, we, she is a kind of a frequent speaker for AmSpa. We, she's been on the podcast before, and she is um, an all-around badass in business uh, and and in clinical. She's a nurse practitioner, runs the clinical and uh, business operations for um, Vitalik MedSpa, which has a number of locations in Texas. She also owns My Aesthetic Training, which is a clinical training service and does all sorts of training um, for um, practitioners across the country. Taylor, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing so well. Gosh, that introduction makes me feel pretty good. That was pretty lengthy. I know. Well, you know, I, I, I tend to ramble on sometimes, but it's true. <laughs> it's all true. Um, I do like to think of you, as I, as I mentioned before we jumped on, as kind of our one of our, our clinical um, correspondents, because you've done so much um, with AMSPA and for AMSPA, and we appreciate that. And you've been, um, and you're an incredible speaker, an incredible presenter. You just presented at our boot camp down in um, in Dallas a couple weeks ago. Um, why don't just just to kind of get everybody up to speed so they know who you are and what you do, just give a, a quick little a Reader's Digest version of, of, of what you're currently up to and a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So Taylor Siemens, like Alex said, I am a nurse practitioner and based out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, I've been in the aesthetics industry for about eight or nine years now. I, I started off in facial plastics and left my surgeon three years ago in about 10 days, actually, uh, to help open up Vitalik. Uh, and since then, we have five locations here in Dallas. We're opening our first location in Houston, Texas in a couple of months. So that's been uh, pretty exciting. And then, uh, as you said, I have a training consulting company. We specialize in app-based training for clinicians in this industry. But um, it's been a really fun time in my career here just because I, you know, own the businesses. I run the businesses. I'm still a clinician. And so it's it's super fun to come on things like these to, to kind of change my hats and be able to approach yeah. some of the things going on in our industry from from different points of view. Yeah. So the the, the location in Houston will be your sixth location you said for Vitalik? I'm counting. Sorry. No. Uh, that was our, our uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Our sixth location. No, it's, it's, trust me, there's lots of folks listening who are jealous that you have to count to figure out how many. <laughs> actually are. Hey, we um, can all get there. That's a great thing. Um, what, so just what kind of a, um, you know, and, and obviously we, we, we call it medical spot insider. So when you, if considering Vitalik as a med spot, like what, what's the, is it a full service med spot? Does it focus on a particular thing? What's the kind of the, the the shtick to it. Yeah, we are full service. Our, our um, niche is non-surgical medical aesthetics. So uh, we have several categories of treatment, face, body, skin, and wellness. Uh, so we can do pretty much everything that is non-surgical in, in those areas. Okay, awesome. 
Um, so we brought you on. Um, obviously, we wanted to hear what you're up to, and you've um, you, you you're a great um, provider of insight into what's going on in the industry, both as your your um, role in, in operations for Vitalik and, and as a trainer, but also because you you really tend to have a lot of insight and information on kind of what's coming down the pipe. Um, and the the last time, uh, actually, a couple times ago when we were together up in Chicago, when, when you came up, we were talking, this was kind of at the beginning of the onslaught of semi-glutide and Ozempic and uh, the, all those other drugs that are the, the, the weight loss drugs that were coming on. And it was, I, I remember having a conversation with you about it and being like, what the hell is going on? What is this stuff? And you were gracious enough to explain kind of everything to us. It's now been, gosh, maybe six months, not even four months since then. And um, we've, the 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 tidal wave of semiglutide is has not receded it it appears to be almost getting stronger and 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 larger and bigger and we wanted to bring you on to just talk to you kind of about it and it's it's a big issue in the med spa space for a variety of reasons most people that that most med spas are getting into it. Not, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of them are actually getting into it and starting to prescribe it and, and, and have patients. I, I have had some conversations with a few folks who have been resistant to it for a variety of reasons. And I'd kind of like to get into the good, bad, and the ugly about, about this, about this. And, um, just real quick, if, if you could, are, are you, um, currently, um, prescribing this and what's your kind of protocol for, for, um, for this drug and, and, and what are your thoughts on it overall? Yeah. So we started our weight loss program about uh, six months ago. So kind of like right before it just blew up uh, with, you know, kind of the trends of aesthetics. Um, But this drug is not a new drug. So when I was in nurse practitioner school, uh, I did a six month rotation in endocrine. So a diabetes specialized clinic. uh, And we were writing this class of drug um, several, several years ago. And so when I was in those rotations, it was always a neat thing to see because at this point, you know, the clinicians were kind of scratching their head with this drug because not only was it helping lower uh, the patient, the diabetic patient's blood sugar, but these patients were also experiencing a lot of weight loss, which mm-hmm. was really helpful and exciting because, uh, you know, not all diabetic patients are overweight, but but several are. And so it was a really welcomed category of medication at that time. And and then now, um, you know, Hollywood and all the celebrity treatments and things like that, as it does, is trickling down into the regular public. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of just explain, too. So um, semaglutide, it has a lot of different names, like Ozempic is another one you'll hear. Um, Manjaro, Wagovi, yep. these are all the same kind of class of medications. Uh, it's just semaglutide is a compounded version. And so in our industry, that's usually the word that people are speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it's it's a really great drug. I'm sure we'll get into kind of the details um, with it and how we're doing it. But uh, it has been a little controversial too, just because mm-hmm. of the demand that our industry is is causing and and really emphasizing as we write it for our patients because it is limiting supply for diabetic patients who are needing the medication and so i've I've spoken to a lot of providers in our industry and outside of our industry who really struggle with the the ethics of that uh and and that's kind of been some of the opposition with the medication 
Yeah, and I and I I, I do want to get into it because it is um, number one. I'm not sure I totally understand um, the true depth of the problem with respect to um, diabetic patients not being able to get the medication. Because I've heard different things from different folks. I, there's um, I, I've had several conversations with providers. One who told me that um, <clears throat> number one, there is a, there's a lot of different. Um, types of drugs that do this sort of thing that are available for, 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 for diabetics. And the other was that this particular provider, um, her, her med spa had, has a compounding pharmacy that, that was making this basically for her. So she wasn't too worried about that. Um, and interestingly enough, I just, um, I'm a kind of an NBA playoffs nut and I was watching the NBA playoffs and Charles Barkley is on Manjaro, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And he's lost like 60 or 70 pounds. And he's like, I don't know what it does, but it works. But um, <laughs> tell me about, so let's talk about kind of the ethical issues because is it only just the, um, the, the availability of the drug for diabetics that is bothering people? And, and I guess let's start there. Um, like, what is that issue about? How big is that issue? Is it really something that we should be worried about? Because when I first heard that, and I think it was you who told me that, that I mean, that bothered me. I was like, we, we can't be doing this if we're taking away from patients who truly need it and that literally their life almost depends upon it. So like, what's the issue there and, and how big of a problem is it? Is it getting better? What's kind of the lay of the land? Yeah. You know, Alex, to be honest, I'm not sure how large of a problem it is or if it's just kind of a, a buzz topic around this. Uh, we're the same way. We get it from a compounding pharmacy. And so uh, my compounder is not the one supplying uh, the insurance-based patients with the brand name of the medication. And so I personally don't think that I'm halting the supply of this for other medication or for other patients. Um, but it really kind of depends on where you're getting the medication from. If you are ordering through uh, your typical pharmacy, which I highly doubt many in our industry are because this is not something that insurance is going to cover for a non-diabetic patient. Uh, There are still a lot of insurance companies actually who are not covering this for true diabetic patients. And so I'm not really sure how much we are interrupting that supply And every time I've heard that argument, it's been from uh, a physician in um, like primary care or diabetes clinic, someone outside of our industry. And so I'm not sure if they don't understand the difference between the pharmacies that we're ordering from or if there's something that I'm missing in that connection. Now, um, you said something there that, that it was interesting and it's a little off topic, I, I guess, for our industry, but why wouldn't, or do you have any idea why insurance companies wouldn't cover this for diabetics? I mean, is that something you've looked into at all? Do you have any idea? Yeah, you know, I don't, I haven't looked specifically, but I think it's, um, you know, the, the same story as mis- with most things. It's a money thing. This, okay. this medication is not cheap. And so, um, you know, regular insulin, tried and true insulin is much cheaper to create and, and sell and package gotcha. than these newer medications. And so I would imagine it's just one of those things that, you know, it takes several years for true medical practice to catch up to real life. And I just don't think that we're there yet. Yeah, I, you know, I wish um, in, in today's day and age with kind of the glorified media coverage of and social media as well of everything, um, I would love to get 
some real data on the issue with with the true diabetic patients because you're right like it's tough to know what is fact and what is just noise from people who maybe are are anticipating a potential problem um and it's 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 just tough to tell because if that really is an issue if there's really folks who can't get it then then i would be concerned um i don't know i don't i just i just i'm not sure how um i and if anyone out there has has an idea when you're when you listen to this and you want to shoot uh, shoot me an email or in the comment section I, i'd love to know because it's 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 tough to quantify and um i only and, and and i guess i would kind of throw this to you taylor is i for the time being i only see the demand for this getting greater it just seems like people are starting to see the results the the word is spreading so to speak it's not just now with the celebrities in in beverly hills it's it's kind of everywhere um what do you where do you think this is going yeah i think it's going there to be honest with you i think this is the other kind of dark side of this uh and kind of the other side of the coin with the ethical discussion is patients who aren't necessarily candidates for this medication that we are just freely prescribing to uh, for for easy money and i'll i'll pause just for a second on that so i have um two mid-level practitioners an np and a pa who run our weight loss program so even though i have a really good understanding for it and i run our clinical team uh, i am just a big fan of finding people who know more than me to to focus in on these things so um my NP and my PA, they've been writing this drug for years. One comes from a primary care background. Uh, my other one is still practicing uh, in GI and liver diseases. So this is the medicine that she has written for years. And th they have both expressed to um, my, my PA is part time with us. She's still full time on that GI and liver. And she's like, man, I wrote this medication six months ago for my patient, and we still haven't been able to get approval for it or get our hands on it. And so she's really seeing kind of that um, difference between your your you know formal and traditional medical route versus how our industry practice practices with compounding because she doesn't have access uh, you know she works for a very large educational system a uh, hospital system she's not able to call the same pharmacies that i can call for prescriptions and so that is also some of my question with you know how hard is it to get your hands on it is it that the suppliers that your traditional medical routes go to are running low and they just don't have access to ours uh, or, you know, I, I'm sure that plays a huge part into that. But going on to, you know, people who are getting it that shouldn't necessarily get it. Uh, we we have to remember. And if anyone uh, listening knows me, you know, I'm always just uh, on my soapbox about this. But medical aesthetics is medical aesthetics. It's it's really weird practicing medicine still. And so it really just breaks my heart when I see uh, clinicians and practices writing this medication for a quick money grab for patients who aren't truly candidates. Um, you know, the, the FDA has given some really um, great guidelines to follow about who is and who is not a candidate. Um, but I have turned away people who have let me know after the fact that they went to someone down the street and they wrote it with no problem. Um, 
And I'm thinking of one specific patient who, um, you know, is about six, uh, I'm sorry, she's about five, six, and she weighed about 113 pounds, which mm. would say that her weight is very healthy for her. And she wanted this medication that we would not write. And she sent me an email two days later saying, hey, just letting you know, Dr. So-and-so wrote this for me. I'm sorry you missed out on that sale. Mm. And I just, my skin yeah. crawled. I, I'm not sorry I missed out on that cell. This is, we're now contributing to, um, you know, uh, body image issues and how people feel about their self-worth by saying uh, they need a medication to be able to uh, be a certain weight that they have deemed appropriate for themselves. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um it's also, you know, one of these days we'll have to get, um, if she's willing, and obviously she can, I would love to, to, to get your, your PA on as well. Cause I, to have somebody, you know, from that background, um, it's, I, I, I suspect there is, it has a lot to do with insurance, her ability, not inability to get this drug for her patients because they probably can't just call it out to a compounder and have the insurance approve it. I think that's probably a big, a big issue. Um, so that's, that's interesting. And I, I think we really need to keep our eye on that because that, that, that's, stuff but the other issue that you that you just mentioned i've had um this conversation a bunch of times with a bunch of different people and and we 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 have the exact same conversation it's like okay you know what what is the impact of not even over prescribing this medication but just but but prescribing it and 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 these and it's usually women but also men who take it and they 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 are usually on instagram and they have this incredible figure they're in shape they look great um and it's and you know some of them work out some they don't we've, we've heard the stories about how oftentimes folks put the weight back on when they go off of it um but the the the, the conundrum is you know like what like if it's not really necessary to maybe you're 10, you've got 10 pounds extra that you want to lose. Is, is that the way that you go? Like, I know my, like my wife does, you know, tons of Pilates and she's like, man, it's tempting to do that because I can't lose this last weight cause I'm 43 and I just can't do it. And, and that's troubling to me. Um, but at the same time, I, I, in my head, and you tell me if this is a false equivalency because, because I, I, I can't figure it out for myself, but in my head, I think, okay, well, if I have a wrinkle on my forehead that is minor and I get and I get neurotoxin or Botox to to eliminate that, or if I increase the look of my lips or my temples or whatever that is, um, how is that different than taking a medication to, to allow you to lose the extra 10 pounds? And should we be making that distinction? Sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a great uh, point and a great comparison. And those are really challenging conversations for clinicians in our industry. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about like, you know, the patient self-worth. And I mean, there are a lot of things that we can really do harm to our patients by the things that we're doing. This is a beautiful industry and we have some really great tools to help enhance people's confidence, uh, confidence. But there's a really thin line that we as clinicians and business owners have to be aware of and, and recognize when we're crossing that because it, it's the same conversation I would have with a patient, uh, an example you gave with a wrinkle that is wanting to go away. You know, if that wrinkle is determining your value and how you're able to function in life and controlling all of the thoughts you have about yourself, 
Botox is not going to fix that. That's a deeper issue that needs to be, uh, you know, discussed and, and taken care of. But if it's simply a like, man, oh, yeah, I would feel a little bit more confident. I would like to take care of this. And um, it's really just that that's that simple to it, then sure, Botox is a great drug to help us take care of that. It's a lot of the same conversations here about, um, you know, if if these I'll quote unquote problems or issues are, you know, consuming someone's life, or if they're really feeling like that is their only way to be happy with themselves, then we've got much deeper issues to be talking about than an injection. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's the, so take me through kind of your, um, as, as much as you can share, uh, uh, your kind of protocol for determining whether or not somebody is a candidate because there's um i mean there's a fine line right between somebody who needs it versus somebody who wants it and if somebody wants it and they want to pay for it i mean how is that i mean to me that's very similar to what we do in aesthetics and you're absolutely right it's not going to fix the underlying problems but you've seen more than anybody that you know making even minor changes to using the tools at your disposal can have a major impact on somebody's well-being in their life that you can transform them and change their life completely and i i imagine that this drug is very similar and that there's people who who you know have who struggle with their weight and are able to then overcome that with this but what's the like how do you figure that out what's your do you have any rules of thumb that you use or, or what's your protocol for kind of going through and figuring out whether or not somebody actually should be prescribed this yeah, absolutely. So we start with a screening call um, once someone poses an interest for them. And at full disclosure, we follow the guidelines of the FDA. Um, this still is very new to our market and to the space of a weight loss medication. And so, uh, you know, for compliance reasons and legalities and so many other things that people are just watching to see what we are doing, I want the security as a business owner and clinician to say, Hey, I did what the FDA said, so I, I don't have any blame here. So um, the FDA says that this medication is indicated uh, for patients with a BMI uh, greater than 30 okay. or greater than 27 with a few other comorbidities in place. So whether that is um, hypertension, high, uh, hyperlipidemia, maybe they have some type of chronic um disability or pain limiting from them being able to work out um, those types of things that are going to prevent them from being able to lose weight on their own or if they have some other uh, genetic or medical conditions that are going to make that more challenging then uh, we will write for that we have some pretty strict rules around um, you know other medications that they're already on uh, for instance if they're already on uh, any type of diabetes medications or have been diagnosed with diabetes that is not the patient for my practice to be treating they need to be with endocrinologists uh, they actually need someone to help them met manage their medical needs in a way that my practice is just not set up. Uh, and so those are the types of things that you really want to take a look at to make sure you're not putting your patient, uh, you know, at risk or delaying any other type of diagnoses because you want to write a prescription for them. So how do you measure um, BMI? And that that's body, what is it? Body mass index. Body yes. Mass index, yep. How do you measure that? 
Yeah, so um, the, the simplest way is um, a calculation. It's based on someone's height and weight. Um, but we have at Vitalik a, a really neat uh, 3D body scanner uh, that we have all of our patients get on. And that actually gives us a lot more information as well because we can see how much of the fat is visceral versus subcutaneous fat. Uh, it'll give us their BMI. We can actually get a 3D image of their body, uh, which is great because then we have diagnostics to actually educate our patients through. And that really is our goal. We're not trying to just put you on a medication to lose weight and then send you on. Because like you said, you know, when people get off the medication, if they didn't change any of their habits, the weight is going to come back. And so it's it's our jobs as clinicians to make sure we're equipping them with the tools and, and understanding of how to make lifestyle changes based on where their baseline is. So once we're done with the program, they're actually able to keep the weight off. Otherwise, that was just a waste of, of everyone's time and money. Well, and so what does that look like? Because that's um, easier said than done, right? I mean, that's kind of, gosh, I used to work out all the time and then I stopped and then I've kind of stopped permanently and I all the muscle I built is gone and the, put the weight back on. So it's, it's not, it's not so easy to change some of the habits that these folks have probably had for their entire lives. So how do you do that? Um, or, or what's the, I mean, what's the, the kind of the, like, what do you recommend for that? Because I mean, there, there's a lot of folks who do work out and it's, and it's, it's, it, it kind of goes hand in hand, but I've heard of, um, you know, there's muscle mass that is lost. Um, there's, there's some nutrient issues cause you, cause you, you're not eating and consuming as, as, as many nutrients and vitamins that you're eating. So how do you handle the, the patient who, you know, needs some guidance in, in getting through the actual course of the medication? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, it takes a lot of uh, time and energy and effort. So that's the thing, too, is this is not, uh, you know, if you think about who this drug was written for uh, originally, all of your diabetic patients, most diabetic patients are going to see their endocrinologist uh, like five times a year, five to six times a year. It's very frequent. And so they are getting checked up on often. And so these patients still need that, even though the drug is being being used in a different way. So um, part of that consultation process is labs. Uh, you need to make sure that their gallbladder and their pancreas is doing fine because this medication can cause some side effects with that. Um, there's also a lot of warnings around if they have any type of history with um, medullary thyroid cancer or family history of thyroid problems. So you really need to be prepared to screen your patients in a safe way. Um, but then we have lots of follow-up. So part of our program is that they get virtual support from our uh, clinicians throughout the entire program. So my two clinicians I talked about there, my PA and NP, they spend a lot of time uh, you know, on uh, video conferences or in person with these patients, reviewing their labs, uh, rechecking their body scan that they're getting every month to actually see oh yeah, your muscle mass has gone down. This isn't a good thing. Like, what are we doing in the gym? Do we need to get you back in for some IV therapy to get some better nutrients in your body? And um, this is not meant to be a medication that you just write and then forget about your patient. And I think that's where... Uh, a lot of the complications and kind of the, the bad name when things are coming is because we as clinicians are not doing our due diligence throughout that program uh, process to make sure they're staying healthy. Um, and, and like 
you said, not just wasting away because they're losing weight so rapidly. Hey everyone, let me take a quick second to share something really interesting for your business. Did you know that a staggering 74% of consumers shop on their phones while watching TV at night? That's like 7 out of 10 of your patients. But the real eye-opener here is that less than 1 out of 10 med spas actually sell their products online. Can you imagine the untapped potential of giving your patients the convenience to purchase treatments, services, or skincare right from the comfort of their own homes through your very own branded app? That's where RepeatMD comes in. RepeatMD is the fastest growing software in the medical aesthetics industry, and for good reason. RepeatMD is designed by e-commerce experts who have worked with renowned brands like Target, Nordstrom, and Neiman Marcus, and they'll build your practice its own mobile rewards and shopping app. Clients love RepeatMD, and patients love the experience RepeatMD provides. RepeatMD rewards patients for spending more, encourages them to come back more often, and helps them discover treatments they'll absolutely love. On top of that, your practice can sell memberships and offer financing for services all through your very own app designed and managed by the experts at RepeatMD. The bottom line is that RepeatMD enhances the entire patient experience while boosting your practice's revenue. They are game changers for your med spa. So what are you waiting for? Visit repeatmd.com forward slash amspa to book a quick product demonstration. And guess what? We'll have special pricing for medical spa insider listeners and you'll receive 50% off towards your first purchase. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Head over to repeatmd forward slash amspa today. Walk me through some of the the um, side effects of this because that's kind of what 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 some folks are are focusing on because you've got uh, and and I guess even to take a step back like um, many of the people who are listening I'm sure know much more about this than than I do um, and I know you do but what's the like what's the mechanism of action here how does it work and then what is what does that translate into when it comes to side effects and the things that you have to watch out for? Like, why are people wasting away? Is, is it because they're not eating? And I've heard there's people are, are, you know, ill for a period of time. Like what's the, what's the deal? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So this class of medications um, works really in three different ways. So the first way is it stimulates insulin production. Uh, the second way is that it inhibits glucagon release. And then the third way is even though it increases ins- uh, insulin production, it actually slows that absorption down, which really slows down uh, the your gastric emptying, meaning you stay fuller longer. Uh, you feel satiated longer. So you don't feel the need to eat. Uh, eat all the time, essentially. So yes, people um, are just not hungry. And so that's something we have to be really mindful of is um, not eating isn't really an option. Like uh, we don't put you on this medication to starve yourself. We still have to eat. It's just about eating the right kinds of foods. Um, And, uh, you know, if you go out and eat a bunch of fast food with this, yes, people get nauseated. They get sick. Um, There's they they throw up. I mean, so that's where a lot of the education comes is eating the right things that are not going to make you feel as sick. Um, but how we write the medication as well is important because this is meant to be a, a slow and steady increase of dosage to make sure that your body uh, can tolerate the increased dosage. So some of our patients don't ever make it to our, our desired uh, dosage. And it doesn't mean that they're not losing weight and having great results. It's just that they they can't tolerate uh, the higher dosage. And so they really need to be walked through that. 
Um, but heartburn uh, is a really big one because of that delayed in, uh, gastric emptying. Erectation uh, is uh, a, a word that everyone is talking about. And that's really just when you're releasing uh, a lot of, uh, it's almost kind of like a sulfur taste um, from the stomach uh, through the esophagus and out through the mouth. So they can, um, your patients will complain of burping a lot essentially, um, but nausea is seems to be the most common side effect, which, which people get used to. And it really um, seems to show uh, most people once they're used to the medication when they're overeating or eating the wrong foods. So, so the, the nausea is kind of the most common, but a lot of this is, can be impacted. I wouldn't say, you know, stopped or, or, or fixed, but, but it can be impacted by the types of foods you eat. Types of food and your dosage as well. You know, there's a lot of clinicians out there that are just, you know, they doing the best they can, but they Google what dosage they should be using, which is not always the right answer. Uh, and so when they start their patients out on these high doses or increase them too quickly, your patients can get very sick. And, and what's the, you know, with the, the, the muscle, um, loss is, is that really just a function of, of it, number one inactivity and just not eating and not getting the right nutrients and vitamins into your body? Yes, that that's exactly right. Yes. If people don't eat, they're they're going to waste. And so um, we spend a lot of time talking about their their exercises and working out. We have a lot of equipment in our practice that helps build muscle. And so we're always mixing these multimodalities and and lifestyle changes in play uh, with this medication to make sure we're counteracting what um, some of those side effects are. Yeah. And that's, and I, I love that, that you're doing that. And the other, um, one of the other doctors that I spoke to, um, is doing a very similar thing. And it's, it's, it's very much, um, you need to be, um, on an exercise program. You need to be eating the right things. And it's, it's really, if, if you're walking somebody through and taking the care to do that, you know, I feel a lot better. I guess my concern is the folks who aren't doing that, right. That are just kind of prescribing and saying, Oh, there you go. You're on your way. And then they just lose weight. And then, and then that's it. Like, and, and speaking of which, what's the, what's the uh, Ozempic face that I always read about in, you know, <laughs> us weekly. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of medical spas too are like now promoting certain packages for Ozempic face, which I get it. It kind of makes me laugh, but it also kind of works against what we are trying to do. Like we're just being blatant about like, Hey, now let's fix one problem, created another. Now let's fix that. But um, so yeah, it's, it's the fat uh, wasting. So you're, you're burning more fat. We all have wonderful, fat pockets in our face that we need there. Volume helps keep us uh, very youthful and very young. Um, But uh, semaglutide doesn't discriminate on where it takes fat from. So if you are losing fat, it's going to take it from all areas. So um, your butt's going to get a little saggier. You might feel like your arms and legs get a little bit flabbier. If you're not also pairing this with, you know, workouts and and healthy lifestyles, Um, but you can't really control fat loss to your face. And so um, we see a lot of hollowing out of the lower face and the pimples, um, but it is really, it, it happens from the wa- rapid weight loss. So like okay. when we're not dosing appropriately and things like that, and, and our patients lose weight too quickly, it's a very noticeable in the face. 
So Taylor, thank you so much for, for coming on. It's always, always a pleasure to get caught up. We'll have to, we're going to keep this topic um, top of mind and um, bring you back on soon and, and maybe get some, some additional perspectives. Um, I know you've got a training company and you do a bunch of other stuff. Where can folks find you um, if they want? And, and you do, you know, training for injectables, you do all sorts, you do, you're a big trainer for um, Cyton and laser devices. So, you know, there's a bunch that you do. And, and if anyone wants to find you and, and, and contact you about that where can they do that yeah so my instagram is taylorsiemens.np um my last name is s-i-e-m-e-n-s um and uh, our website is myaestheticTraining.com. Uh, but you can find me on social media i'd be happy to connect you uh, with the right people even if i'm not that person um but super just appreciative to, to amspa and everything that you guys are doing for the industry and and for all of my colleagues out there who are listening to this who who are waking up trying to be better every day yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I appreciate your time and thank you again so much. And it was great information. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Taylor Siemens, owner of My Aesthetic Training. Also, she is an aesthetic nurse practitioner and runs the clinical and business operations for Vitalik Med Spa. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.